Hey everyone, this is True Crime at Lunchtime, hosted by Lindsay and Kayla. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kayla. And we're work besties who love true crime. And this is a true crime podcast providing shorter episodes that you can enjoy on your lunch break. All right, Kayla, what's new with you this week? So last week when you asked the thought pondering question about like, what would be the soundtrack of your life? I figured I had to come up with a thought pondering question. And I feel like we've talked about this before, but I completely don't remember what your answer was. Um, What do you feel is the funniest movie of all time? Hands down, without a doubt, The Jerk with Steve Martin. It is my favorite movie funny movie, I should say. I could watch it anytime and I'll still laugh like I'm seeing it for the first time. What about you? I've never seen The Jerk. It's all, it's going to be on the TBR now. Yeah, add it to the list. I would have to say it it's really any Adam Sandler movie. I'm a big fan of Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy. Even the newer ones like Grown Ups I think that movie's funny. That's just the kind of humor I have. I think he's hilarious. <laughs> and I can qu- I can quote him, too. Yeah. No, I like Adam Sandler movies, too. Um, he's had a couple duds in the last couple years, like the newer ones that I haven't quite enjoyed as much. But, like, the old school Adam Sandler is untouchable. I just – I think I just love the facade of Adam Sandler. I love how he dresses just, like – we do even though he has like billions he wears like basketball shorts and uggs out on the street yeah he seems like a pretty pretty cool guy okay guys it's time to pop last night's dinner leftovers into the microwave and let's dig into the disappearance of brandon swanson all right kayla so hit me with those three facts that i need to know before we dig into this case well first up This case is still unsolved. Brandon is still missing after nearly 14 years. The second one is the case ended with a phone call. Brandon was actually on the phone with his parents. And that was the last time they ever heard from him again. And the third one is kind of more of a fun fact is Brandon was going to college and he was studying wind turbines. Oh, that's cool. We love a smart fellow. Yes, absolutely. Brandon Victor Swanson was born to Annette and Brian Swanson on January 30th of 1989. He was born and raised in Minnesota, but the state he called home his whole life is also where the mystery of what happened on the night of May 14th, 2008 begins. At this time, Brandon was attending Minnesota West Community and Technical College in Canby, And the semester had just ended. It was actually the day before everything took place on the 14th. So May 13th was the final day of classes. He had just ended his freshman year of college. And everyone was looking forward to celebrate the beginning of summer break. Yeah. As I remember being in college and just looking forward to getting out and going home and The weather was nice and the sun was shining and it was just like, let's get out of here and let's go for the summer. Yeah, I was going to say, there was no way I was staying for a party. I was packing up my shit and I was leaving. I was ready to go. (laughs) 
And like most college students, Brandon had joined some friends for a party. And it was reported that there was some alcohol at this party. And obviously, like most college parties, there's alcohol there. But friends said that Brandon didn't seem intoxicated. Um, And a source said that they saw him take a shot of whiskey. But if you just take a shot of whiskey, you're obviously not really under the influence at that point. Yeah, I don't think one shot is, you know, really going to put you at a dangerous level with, you know, just, just one shot. No, and also if you're out for so long, I mean... It doesn't really last that long. Yeah. Party was beginning to end and Brandon decided that he was going to go home. And from where he was, it was about a 30 minute drive from the party to his home in Marshall. Brandon was driving his Chevy Lumina. I had to look up what a Chevy Lumina looked like. And we will post what a Chevy Lumina looks like in case you are not familiar. And on his way home, He had driven his car off the road and it became stuck in a ditch. And he tried to call his friends from the party, but nobody had answered him. Obviously, they were still partying the night away. And it was around 2 a.m. He decided to call his parents. And his parents actually answered the phone at 2 a.m. from him. Annette and Brian quickly got into their truck and they drove to where Brandon said he was. And they were on the phone with him for close to an hour trying to find him. So how that's how long it was from where he was at to their home? Yeah, but he had gotten stuck in the ditch. Okay, on the way home. On the way home. To his parents' house. Yes. Okay. And then he called his parents, and they were like, just stay where you are. They made sure he wasn't hurt and everything. He assured them that everything was okay, but he just needed them to come help him and come pick him up so he could go home for the night. Like I said, his dad stayed on the phone with him the whole time. He was flashing his lights on and off, and his parents still couldn't find him. And after some time, Brandon decided he'd seen some some lights in the distance. And he was like, okay, I think I'm just going to walk, and you can meet me at a local bar in the parking lot, and you can just pick me up there. Oh, I... I'm always terrified by people leaving their car, even in the daylight. I think this is something that is scary for me because, you know, you could be hit by a car, especially at night, though. I mean, you're really putting yourself at risk for danger, which is is scary. And this was a very secluded area. I know I wouldn't be getting out of my car. No, I would just be afraid to get out in general, not just... But I feel like there's that safety there when he knows you're on the phone with somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So Brandon thought he saw lights in the distance and he thought it was Lind, um, which is a town that's really close to him. It's about seven miles from Marshall where he lives. All right. So Brandon let his parents know that he was going to walk into town and they could meet him at the local bar. His parents remained on the phone with him the whole time. But it was... A little bit into this call when he was walking there that Brandon said, oh, shit. And the call went completely dead. And those were the last words that Brandon's parents ever heard from their son. That has got to be so terrifying as a parent. A lot of the cases we covered, like the last one, um, one of the last ones we did, Brittany Drexel, you know, she had told her mom, I love you. And they hung up. Um, You know, this is not quite the same because 
as a parent, I'm sure that they're just left to wonder, you know, what happened and why he said that and what led him to say, to saying that. And it was very sudden. It wasn't kind of just like a, oh shit. It was like, oh shit phone goes dead yeah and they tried to call him back and it just kept going right to voicemail they couldn't get a hold of him and i feel like that's where the panic really kind of set in when they couldn't get a hold of him again because they were just on the phone with him like a minute earlier and now he's not answering phones going right to voicemail i mean i think that just really drives home that like things can change in an instance really does and this was 2008 so you figure Cell phones, I mean, they're not a new thing, but you're still on like a traditional like flip phone, slide phone, not the greatest reception. (laughs) Yeah, I think that I had an earlier generation iPhone in 2008. You had more than me. Well, to be fair, in 2008... You were still in elementary school, so you really didn't need a phone. That's true. (laughs) And it was later that morning, it was around 6 a.m., that his parents had reported Brandon missing. And I'll be honest, these police officers sucked. (laughs) And they said when his family had reported him missing that it wasn't odd for a college-aged boy to not come home after a night of partying. And this one will really piss you off. Um, It was reported that an officer said that it was his right to be missing. Yeah, this is really gets me heated, especially we're just coming off of, you know, the last episode with, you know, some police misconduct and handling a case of a missing adult man poorly. So, I mean, it really makes you wonder You know, if more could have been done for these guys. And it just irritates me, the fact that this family did, they did everything right. And then the police are like, oh, well, it's his right to just drop everything and go missing. He doesn't need to tell you where he is. He's 19 years old. And it's like, this is bullshit that people, just because you're over the age of 18, if you're, you know, if they can't get in contact, like you should take that seriously as a missing person. You don't know. And look, look where we're at with it. And I really feel like it's because he's male too. Yeah. I don't like to bring gender into it, but a lot of times I feel like it's because he's a male, 19 years old. You feel like pretty independent, just doesn't want to listen to parents, stuff like that. I mean, again, just like with our last one, a very similar situation, which is why we chose to do these two cases back to back because you know there is a lot of of that similarity but despite them sucking they did start a search around may 14th around 12 o'clock so this would have been about 10 hours after his parents had last heard from brandon well i'm glad they at least acted quickly they did and little was found at first but then the police found the chevy lumina and it was still in the ditch And it was the car that belonged to Brandon. Was it where they thought he was going to be? Yes. And the car had gotten stuck um, due to the wheels not being completely on the ground. Like he had gone into a ditch and two of the wheels weren't on the ground. So he couldn't get enough traction to get out of the ditch. So that's how he had gotten stuck. 
And police found nothing suspicious with the car at all. They saw nothing out of place. They didn't see any footprints or anything nearby either because it was gravel and grass. So there couldn't be any footprints left either to even know what direction he had went or if he had even left the car for a certain amount of time. They have no idea. And the police had also tracked his call from his from his cell phone and to a tower that was about five miles away from here. And despite searching near the Yellow Medicine River, along the banks, they had scent dogs, ATV searches. They searched in the water. Um, there was no sign of Brandon at all. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Gone without a trace. Just up and vanished, really. Yeah. And there was multiple searches after this, um, but there were no leads in this. And, and Brandon is still a missing person to this day. But there is a lot of hope from his family that one day he will come home again. His parents actually leave their porch light on each night. Oh, no. Just in case that's the night that Brandon decides to come oh, home. Oh, I'm so sad. That is a tearjerker. Oh, gosh. And they also never had a public service or anything like that. Like, no memoriam, no nothing. They still have the hope that he's out there. I mean, I think that if your loved one was missing, that would be an appropriate way to handle it because you know there is hope and there are missing people found all the time um and they don't have anything to go off of that would state otherwise that they feel like something more has happened so i mean i don't blame them for you know having that hope there was no signs of foul play obviously they didn't find any fingerprints no drag marks no anything like that had happened and obviously, this was a very secluded area, so there were no tips that really came in. It was basically just Brandon out there all by himself, so nobody really knows what happened to him. But there was a semblance of justice that came from this, very similar to Sierra Joggin. Brandon's parents also lobbied for their son, and they demanded change, so that way parents weren't treated the way that they were treated. So Brandon's law was passed in April 2009, and Brandon's law requires law enforcement to take a missing person report right away and accelerate the response if the person is considered endangered. So it doesn't matter if it's a child, if it's an elderly person, or if you're a 19-year-old like Brandon was. If they think that you are in danger, they take your case seriously. This is really great to see, but however, what if they don't feel that way? I think it's based on what the family thinks. Okay. If, okay. They, if the family senses so if, this is out of character and you're in danger, they take it If seriously. concern is expressed, then they're going to yes. take the claim. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. So this is really a great thing. Again, especially after this last case that we did, there the similarities are blaring because, you know, if you are missing – it doesn't matter for the period of time. If somebody can't find you, you could be hurt. You could be lost. You could be dead. I mean, it is important that every claim be taken seriously and investigated effectively as soon as possible so that we can hopefully avoid situations like this if possible. And Brandon's case is still open to this day. As would be 33 years old, he was a white male with brown hair and blue eyes. 
He was five foot six. He weighed about 120 pounds then. He was last seen in jeans and a t-shirt. And if you know anything, um, you can contact 1-800-THE-LOST or the Lincolns County Sheriff Department. And their number is 1-507-694-1664. So hopefully one day we can bring Brandon home. Where is he? I mean, what happened? Did they interview the people at the party? They did. And a lot of them, a lot of a lot of things that came from them was like, oh, he wasn't intoxicated. He seemed completely fine. Because as we know, if you know this case at all, there are so many theories about it. And we'll get into it here at a little bit into our episode at the end here about what our thoughts are and what other people think as well. But a lot of things that came out of that party was just that he wasn't intoxicated. It just doesn't really make sense. Honestly, it doesn't. This is this is one of those cases that if somebody would ever ask me the question, oh, what case do you want to be solved? Yes. This is one of them. This one truly confuses me. I just really feel for his parents, too. They were on the phone with him. Towards the end here, we're just going to talk about some of the theories of what some people have speculated might have happened to Brandon. And you guys are always feel to think what you guys think, but we're just going to share some of the things we read and some of our thoughts about it too. So the first one being people think he fell into the yellow medicine river, but they did check the river. They did. And the banks. Yeah. I mean, and it is possible that, you know, remains could turn up at some point if, if that were the case. Cause I have heard, you know, of remains being found after like 10, 15, 20 years So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities, I feel like. I just, I know when he was on his phone with his dad while he was walking, he he said he could hear water running. And then he was like, oh, there's a fence. And it wasn't long after this that the phone, the, the call had ended. And then we don't know what happened from there. But I just feel like if you were going to walk at night you'd kind of be aware if you walked into a river fell into a river and he's 19 I don't want to assume that he had the ability to swim but well and also um didn't his dad say that um towards the end of the call it might have sounded like he tripped and fell yes so this could also fall into that um in the river theory because if he tripped and fell into the water then that would make sense but you would think that you know i know the call there was just a a a bit of muffling after the old shit but you would think that if he fell they might you know hear water or like some sense of a drop in a way as well yeah all right the second one that a lot of people speculate is that he had a mental break and he just left. I mean, I think that, you know, while we would want him to be healthy and in in the right state of mind, I think that that would be the best case scenario is that he is alive and well somewhere. This is the one I think I believe the least because his family also reported... He had no history of 
mental health at all. Not saying you cannot suffer in silence because you can, but his family has reported he had no prior mental health issues at all. And I don't understand why, if you were just going to leave like that, it would kind of be so elaborate, you know, like get your car stuck in a ditch and then. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense. That is the least plausible theory, in my opinion. And especially with the phone, it's like, if you were going to leave, I think you'd take your phone with you and you'd take more with you and you'd take your car with you. Yeah. I don't think he would purposely run his car into the ditch so that. He or could. even call he called his parents. So that's right, he says right. he wanted to go home. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think this one would be the best one. It kind of ties in with the last one, too. That he planned the whole thing, and now he's just kind of out there living his best life. He kind of just created a new identity. He left town, started a new life. Yeah, I mean, kind of sounds a little similar to the last one, and I I don't believe that either. Um, while I, again, think that the thought of him being alive and well is best case scenario and was what everyone would like. I just feel like after all these years, it it does seem unrealistic, um, especially with his age. I mean, he was young. He was a freshman in college. Yeah, he was a young man just getting started into adulthood. Um, I mean, it doesn't really sound like there's any reason to believe that he would just up and leave and start a new life when he was really just starting a new life. And nothing happened at the party that indicated anything was amiss at all. There was no, like, interactions with friends that had gone wrong. There was no fights with his parents beforehand. Once again, he even called his parents for help after that. I just don't think he would call his parents, and based on what I hear about him, he would do that to them and then never show back up again. I just, it doesn't seem plausible to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, What else did you find? So there was also a theory of um, a private farm nearby that maybe, you know, he passed out on the farm, um, you know, due to the elements, maybe hypothermia or, um, you know, dehydration or, you know, if he, if he was a little more intoxicated or, you know, than he, he had originally thought or felt, um, that's, that's an interesting one. Well, um, you know, basically uh, the theory that I read was just maybe that the, the a farmer found him and discreetly relocated him. Um, you know, I guess you could interpret that in a lot of different ways. I mean, could he have met the hands of an unkind stranger or a dangerous person? Say it leads into the last one, which is that foul play was involved. And this is the one I think I believe the most. I mean, it's hard for me to think that foul play wasn't involved when he, I mean, I don't think it was involved with someone that he knew. No, I don't think it was anyone he knew. I think he met the hands of a dangerous person that he did not know. Cause it was a very secluded area. He got stuck. 
this person could have been watching him for all he knew. Yeah. I just don't want any stone to be left unturned for Brandon. It's one I really feel like isn't going to be solved. Well, never say never. I don't want to say never on this one. Because Lindsay knows this is a case that I (laughs) rant about all the time. I made her listen to another podcast on this case. And I said, I need to know what you think about this. When we first started talking about true crime and stuff, this is one of the first ones I brought up. It's one that truly baffles me. And I think about it almost every single day, just where he is and what happened. I agree. I agree. I really do wish that some more recent searches would be done. You know, they're always finding, you know, new things and new leads um, in in some of the cases that we hear. Brittany Drexel, for example. I was just going to say that. 13 years after her disappearance, they did find remains. Um And there's another case that I always think about because it involves a river and it's Robert Kovac and his remains were found after 20 years. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that remains could still be found. And the last search for Brandon was in 2015, which was seven years ago. All right, guys, and that was the mysterious disappearance of Brandon Swanson. And I really want to know your thoughts on this one. Yes, please, please tell us what you're thinking. I mean, we have kind of discussed all potential theories that we have heard or read through various internet threads and websites, um, as well as some of our own thoughts also. But we want to hear yours and what you're thinking. This is a pretty popular case. And I would love to hear what others are thinking about it as well. And as our subtle plug, you can follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook. You can leave a comment there. We'll try our best to get back to you guys. Um, We just want to have that interaction there and just know that you guys support us and that you're hearing us. (laughs) Yes. And... As always, please continue to stay safe, stay aware of your surroundings, call for help when you need help, and as always, stay saucy. See you next time, work besties. 